welcome to the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Jones. Joined as always with Gabby Hyduk, Josh Peach, Alec Bussey. And today we have a very special guest. He's been in my position, the on-air editor before. He does all things um, Illini. Jake Hassan. Jake, how are you doing? Uh, time is a flat circle and it's quarantine, so as good as everyone else. <laughs> time is a flat circle? Yeah, the days and hours just yeah. bleed together. 3 a.m. might as well be 3 p.m. Yeah. Same thing. Have you been filling your days? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I rewatch the same movie like three times a week. Mm-hmm. What movie? I watched Django yesterday. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. I rewatched that. Um, you know what I just watched? They okay. put it on um, Netflix, uh, the Adam Sandler one. The Uncut, Uncut Gems? Yeah. How do you feel about Wait, that? On Netflix? Yeah, they just put it on like the other day. Yeah, like two days ago. Uh, I saw it when it was in theaters. I thought it was good. Uh, I didn't think it was like groundbreaking, but it yeah. was fun. It was an entertaining movie. Yeah. I don't know. I just remember that was my first time watching it. I remember everybody like talking about it and I just thought it was like pretty solid. Nothing crazy. Yeah. But yeah. How are the rest of you guys doing? I'm good. I'm currently redoing my room. So I'm painting like the, like we got to wait for it to dry and then we got to do the second coat. Um, so that's about it. And then, um, I'm excited to do, do a little podcasting. I haven't had sports talk in my life <laughs> since the end of school. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for it. This should be a good one. Yeah. Josh? Uh, I'm pretty good. I've just been working. My work tested me, so I got a swab stuck up my nose up to my brain the other day. Yeah. That was pretty painful. Yikes. Um, other than that, just finished Outer Banks on Netflix, hopped on that I train. I yesterday. That's what I did, too, Gabby. Did you like it? Yeah, I have some issues with it, but that's for another day. I think it's all right. Like six, seven out of ten. Think a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I like six point five. Yep. I got precisely thirty seconds into the first episode, and I turned it off. <laughs> it's kind of like a ten dollar hol- a ten hour Hollister commercial, if you really think about it. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I got caught in a storm for the second time this week, and I was almost late, and Brendan was mad at me, but I was driving home um just now and I was on the back roads by my house and it was like super dark on like typical Illinois like super dark on one side bright on the other side of the clouds right on the other side of the sky and so I'm like okay it'll be fine the wind starts picking up my car is like back and forth I feel like I'm about to die right okay I'm like shh and then I turn onto the street I'm like five minutes away from my house like rain pour down all over the place. I can't see. It's gonna fall off. So I pull up to like my house and the streets flooded already. And I'm like calling on my family members to open the garage because I'm not about to like sit and try and punch the code in. Finally my brother answers me and he's like, I was in the middle of a jam sesh. Like you ruined it. <laughs> then he comes down and lets me in. But I was, like, dripping wet because it was literally raining so hard, and I'm upset. And then I almost got sucked up by a tornado, like, five days ago. So Mother Nature is mad at me for whatever. Don't really know. Couldn't tell you. But, yeah, that's that's how I'm doing. Well, Gabby, we're glad that you're here. You made it through two storms um, just to be on the podcast. And I appreciate pick, that. I really pick do. Pick better times to drive. That is another thing. <laughs> You do drive know, it. Knowing Gabby's storytelling, that means that there was like a few drops of rain and maybe a gust of wind. 
no, I'm telling you, whatever. You don't have to believe me. It's fine. Not gonna, so. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it happened. <laughs> um, well, in Illini news this week, um, Josh Whitman had like a virtual press conference where he talked about their plans to over the summer to continue training um, with primarily basketball and football athletes. Um, he said that they're going to start coming back as early as June 3rd. Um, they're obviously going to be subject to different things such as frequent testing um, guidelines. Like I think their first like week or two back, they have to live in individual dorms before they can live in their own um, residences. And then further beyond that, they only can work out with the people they live in or they live with. Um, they'll be able to work out practice, but it'll be very like individual based. That's what I you know gathered from everything he said. Uh, there's going to be like no like interaction between like different positions as far especially if they don't live with each other um and you know this will happen through through the summer and in prepar- in pepper preparation god that was a hard word um uh, to to start the football season in the fall if they you know are given the green light by the NCAA by Big 10 guys um is this the right move so i was on the call i was on the zoom thing with Whitman and I think they're I think it is a good call because you have to start back up eventually and if others like the NCAA gave the green light. So like I think every school now obviously has to decide for themselves, but I think just based on what Whitman was saying, they're taking like incredible precautions, like just being super careful. Like you said, they once they get there and they're coming in waves of like thirty five to forty five people. So not all these players are coming at once and then the coaches are even coming after the players um but they're quarant they're getting tested right away then they quarantine and then they get tested at the back end of the quarantine and then they're planning on testing everybody either weekly or bi-weekly after that so they're like constantly and every day at like the smith center or oven where whatever sport they're taking temperatures they're taking pulse all this stuff so i think like a hopefully a case I don't think a case is going to slip by them I mean if something happens I think they're going to catch it like right on the dot and I think they'll be able like Whitman was saying just if you're only working out with five to six people and if a player is being smart and really only seeing those five to six people and not seeing other people beyond that at least over the summer then he was just saying like contact tracing you know it's very easy to pick okay who did this person have contact with these five players and this coach because that's another thing is they're only working out with like one coach or one strength coach so I think it is a good move just because they're taking super super intense measures which you obviously have to do and that's a smart thing to do so I think it was good to kind of give the green light for summer so to go off like Gabby's saying here with the workouts and especially with football, I think that's the more important angle of this to focus on than any other sport because the training that goes into having a football season and the physical shape that an athlete has to be in to play a season for football is at a new level compared to other sports. Um, those players need to train and especially the incoming freshmen are going to need to train. And you think about the players that are recovering from injuries, whether that's a Marquez Beeson, who you probably expect to be a starting corner this year, even though he's a sophomore. Um, you expect Josh Matterbebe to come back and be healthy. But those guys are coming off injuries that are fairly serious. Trayvon Sidney, obviously, in that group as well with the torn hamstring. Like Those guys need to be able to come back to campus and get the treatment that they need from Illinois' medical staff, but also be able to have access to 
one of the best facilities in the country. I mean, there's a big difference between a college weight room and a weight room that a athlete might be going to in their hometown or a training facility in their hometown. Like the tools and the different things that an athlete needs to be successful at, at the Big Ten level are immensely different at Illinois weight room within the Smith Center compared to a training facility in side of their hometown. So that's really important. Um, and then I also think what I kind of took away from this was the idea that these workouts are strictly voluntary. And if an athlete doesn't want to participate, they don't have to. And I think all of us kind of growing up in sports since really the turn of the century and the idea that a practice was voluntary to me, it was never voluntary. It was all right. Like I'm going and it's, there's not really like an option um, to go or to not go. And that's because of who I was as an athlete. And it's also just kind of like the expectations my parents had set for me as a kid, but it'll be really interesting to see what kind of student athletes decide to show up or don't show up. And I think an overwhelming majority will show up and Whitman kind of said the same thing, but, and this is just an example, but, what if a Brandon Peters decided to not show up for football or a Jake Hansen decided to not show up? Like those are very important players and players that are leaders on this team. And you wonder how well things could function without those players heading into the season. Like I said, those are just examples. And I expect those players to be there because they are leaders and because they're entering their last season of eligibility. Um, but it's, it'll be really interesting to see if there are players that don't show up for workouts because they, they can't be punished and you can't blame them for not showing up if they don't show up. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the weird thing about that is like, I really respect the fact that obviously Illinois has given them the opportunity to decide because it, it is their own health and everything. But I think, and this is just like a, a consequence of like the society that we live in, but they're going to get arguably more testing and they're going to be more safe going to Illinois because um, you know, over the summer, because they get tested however many times a week, they're going to be quarantined. They're only around other people who have been tested, you know, a certain amount of time. So obviously it's, it's, I don't know, you know, what I would choose, but I feel like if their decision is like to, to keep themselves and their family safe, I feel like at least for me, like it would be smarter to go to Illinois for the summer because of the amount of testing they're going to get and the amount of restrictions that they're going to face. Yeah. I think that this is really good productive experimentation as far as just like bringing the athletes back goes and getting them to actually train because they're going to have the testing. Like we said, if someone does get it, we'll see who gets it. And then obviously like, you know, it can affect everyone differently, but most likely if someone of their age and athletic ability gets it, they're probably going to be able to fight it off and be okay. And they're only going to be around each other, but it gives the players a good opportunity to come back, get better if they want to. Like we said, a lot of it's going to be voluntary, but overall, I just think it's really good productive experimentation because the goal is to have everyone healthy for a football season. And if something like this can work, then we're going to work towards that goal and it should be good. The thing is, you had to start something at some point because you couldn't just go into July with no plan at all. You had to at least set something up at some point. So when you start that first week of June, you give yourself a lot of leeway to tweak it and add these changes or open it up more or make more restrictions. And to Alex's point about what if somebody doesn't show up with, like, let's say Brandon Peters doesn't show up. Let's not act like these guys haven't been working with their strength coaches over text or over phone call to still get their training in or working with their friends or family members from their hometown who they're already quarantined with to still get those reps. 
is it the same as being on campus with your actual coaches? No, of course not. But it's not like they're just sitting around housing Skittles all day. Like they're still putting work in. I saw some other stuff about, um, like I know Ohio State had decided that they're going to try to put um, a capacity on their their fans at like twenty thousand. I'm sure they're. I'm not exactly sure how many their arena can fit, but I'd imagine over eighty thousand. Um, one hundred and ten. One hundred and ten. Um, so obviously that's just under twenty percent. Um, something like that. Um, so what do you guys think about the, the chance that fans are going to be in Memorial stadium, given that there's a football season? I, I've kind of gone back and forth on this one. Cause on the zoom Whitman said, like, they're not talking about that right now. Like they're still in the process of figuring that out. So he really didn't give us anything on that, but I don't just, I think we all know the state of Illinois is being a little stricter with stay-at-home orders, quarantine, social distancing than some other states. So just the clashing of, like, the political side of everything right now with, you know, the want to have fans and all that stuff, I think that could create kind of a dilemma just in, like, Illinois' case. I personally don't see fans in Memorial Stadium, but that's literally just, like, my like instinct I guess I don't know it's like really hard to say just because so many things could change once like by the time football season starts but you obviously have to make a decision soon because you need ticket sales season tickets all that stuff to start going up um I personally don't think there will be fans or it'll be limited to like family maybe um which wouldn't be a lot so really wouldn't even be considered like a fan base I think that if there's an opportunity for the athletic department to put fans inside a Memorial Stadium, even at a limited number, they're going to take advantage of it because they're so dependent on the revenue that they get from ticket sales. It's not like the NFL where it's a billion-dollar owner running an organization and they get a massive TV contract where like colleges are more dependent on – the ticket revenue that they get from people buying tickets and especially a school like Illinois. And only let's be honest, like they don't sell Memorial stadium out frequently. I think the last time they did, it was against North Carolina and Lovey's first season. Um, I think Whitman kind of said something along the lines of that they're encouraged. And if that there's an outlet for them to do it, that they're going to look into it and they're hopeful that it's a possibility in the fall. Um, But then with football, there's so many other things that go into the fan experience of a football game. Um, We're all familiar with the tailgating lots, whether it's in rain and red Grange or Grange Grove. Sorry. Um, I think it's lot 31. That's right across the street from that. Like tailgating is such a big thing at Illinois, just like it is every other school across the country. And is that limited? Do you have, because there's, that brings more people in contact with each other and, the idea of concessions how do you handle that within a stadium how do you handle the restroom situation within inside of a stadium um those are all really big questions and I'm happy I'm not the one who has to decide the solution to them because it's way over my head um but even like maintaining the social distance within a stadium if imagine Ohio State comes to Illinois and Illinois finds a way to upset Ohio State late in the year and Ohio State's ranked in the top five like I I have a hard time believing that fans in the stands aren't going to be celebrating with each other, giving each other high fives, a hug every now and then if it's someone you're close to. And you risk potentially fans storming the field if you upset someone like you did last year against Wisconsin. 
let's not act like let's not act like people even if illinois has a good season that stadium isn't going to be more than 40 percent 45 percent filled until halfway through the season anyway so i think in and that it would be what september october like by that time you can maybe start thinking about you're going to have 75 80 percent of the fans there if it's allowed but to start i mean i don't think I think you're more likely to see like season ticket holders, if anything, like and have them spread out or do whatever. Um, but like Alex was saying, it's more like tailgating because like, I mean, you're going to have students assuming that they're allowed. You're going to have people wanting to tailgate and you're going to have alumni coming down as they always do. So I, I think eventually you'll see fans because like I said, you have two months around to get this thing figured out and assuming Illinois starts to open up a little bit more. Um, but I think if you're going to see fans to start, it'll probably be something like season ticket holders and half the student section, maybe. Yeah, I think that the Southern schools, like the SEC specifically, Auburn, LSU, Georgia, Alabama, even up north with like Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, they really want their fans. Like they really want to felt their stadium like they always do. And you're, I think you're going to see a big push there. But like Jake said, with a school like Illinois, you're not going to get it more than 50% full until about half the season. That's if they, you know, start 4-0 or whatever they could do. So it's going to be really interesting. I think that family is definitely going to get in there. I think there's zero chance of not at least having family, but that's just me. I don't know what they're going to do with the media yet, but I can't imagine, like Jake said, more than season ticket holders and family at least halfway through the season just because you can't risk it and but at the same time the school needs their money so got two months to figure it out obviously I'm sure you guys have too but I've thought a lot about like what they're gonna do with media just because obviously with the DI we have around like four people there and then video and everything so I think I media is gonna have to be allowed obviously but I think they might you know cut it down to like one per outlet two per outlet things like that I think that'll be interesting to see kind of what they do with us um just as far as like press box you know like there's always press box meals so like is that still thing because that's just like very like sharing you know what I mean so I think that's just an interesting side of it. Not that there's like a lot, a ton of media where you're packed together, but also like the press conference situation or when, you know, the players are just out after the game and you're kind of just going up to them and you're also like every media person is like shoulder to shoulder with each other, trying to get their recorder, get whatever. And so I think that's another interesting situation. You know, how is that going to go? How is our press? Can we ever like, this year do like a face-to-face interview with anybody I think it'll be I don't know that's something I've obviously thought a lot about and I'm sure you guys have a little too is it possible that students could be allowed in the fan since we're all like at the school together like just for the student section and not people in the other stands because if you think about it we're all on campus together anyways and we're going to be in classes together so could they say oh if you're already on campus you know you can come to the game but people that have to travel could potentially bring COVID couldn't come is that a possibility I don't know because the way I look at it is, and I think me, me, Alec, and Gabby talked about this like maybe after the show last week, but Alec brought up a good point where he was talking about a lot of the kids who go to Illinois come from like high risk areas like Cook County and like stuff like that. So I don't even know, like there's no way that they're going to be able to be ready to test every single person the way that they're going to, like that goes to Illinois, the way that they're going to be able to test the athletes this summer. 
So even at that point, I don't know if they'd be able to say only students can come in because I feel like students are going to be um, just as much risk as, you know, anybody else coming. The other thing to consider with the students, and this isn't meant to be taken the wrong way, but I don't think the athletic department cares as much about filling block I yeah. as it does as getting season ticket revenue. Like the, when I was a freshman, I think the season ticket package for football and basketball games for every home game combined was like $109. And I yeah. think it may have moved up to like 119 my sophomore year. Like that is not very much money for season tickets for both sports. So like, I don't know, like, yes, they want block I filled because it looks good when it's full and it creates a home field advantage. It does. Um, but there's also this understanding that stadiums probably aren't going to be fooled if kids are on campus and fans are allowed. And B, if they are, athletic departments are going to take advantage and try and make as much money as they can off of the tickets that they can. And filling block I doesn't allow them to make a lot of money, even if they're selling it to regular people because they're not good seats, right? Like they're in the north end zone. You can't see the other side of the field very well. And they're pretty high up. Yeah, no, definitely. I think there's a lot of unanswered questions that the athletic department is going to have to go through. Um, so we'll see, obviously, when that comes, but nobody knows right now. And I think that's one of the most frustrating things. But a little bit of good news for the Illini. They added their sixth um, 21 recruit to the football class in Brody Weiscraver. Um, he's a four-star offensive lineman from St. Louis, Missouri. Um, and I mean, I guess the biggest thing about him is that, you know, his freshman year, he'll come in and maybe he won't start right away, but he'll definitely help deepen the O-line that obviously is going to be a lot of people graduating this coming year. Uh, what do you guys think about Brody? He's a good get. He's their highest ranked recruit, um, that they have in their 2021 class, which is obviously a positive. Um, he's right on the cusp of, of being a four-star recruit. I think he missed it by three or four rankings which is pretty impressive obviously anytime Illinois gets a four-star recruit that's a positive um he's ranked 347th in the country um he's the fourth ranked player in Missouri and Illinois continues to improve that relationship there Bob McClain hats off to him he's cast a really wide net for offensive line and it's a position group that needs a lot of kids in this class because you risk losing five starters after the 2020 season um but he's also a top 20 um offensive guard in the country which is impressive too like that's a good get and he's a guy who profiles well no matter what because of his size and he has the ability to play tackle I think he profiles more as a right tackle than he does a left tackle um but he's a more for sure offensive lineman and he's a more sure prospect than others that they have in this class so far I think the important thing is that you're just continuing to have that ball rolling because a month ago you were saying, okay, like time to start getting some recruits. Like you're getting nervous. And now, and what, six to eight weeks, you've had six guys now and you're capping it right now with your highest ranked guy at a position of need too, which is a huge plus because as Alec mentioned, you're going to lose a lot of people in that offensive line position after this 2020 season, assuming that it happens. But I think it's good. And like you said, you keep, building that pipeline from St. Louis to Illinois, um, which is especially good now because you don't really have a pipeline from anywhere in Illinois to University of Illinois. So it's great. Uh, not going to start probably, but you have a really good depth piece and you keep, get to keep saying, hey, 
look at this guy, look how high, highly ranked he is. He wants to come here. What if you joined up with him? So on and so forth. And you just keep that momentum going where you can continue to bring in more recruits. I do think these last few weeks have been so important because I think when was it like three, four weeks ago, we, Isaac was on the podcast and we were all just talking about how like Illinois is getting all these transfers and it's just a temporary fix. You know, they had like one guy in the 2021 class. Now we're up to six. So I think they've really hit it hard these past few weeks. And I mean, what, wait, we said, we said we thought there was going to be one more in the month of May. So we got that. There's still, oh my gosh, there's still four days left in May. <laughs> I was going to ask that question, Debbie. <laughs> we could get another one. I say yes. What do you guys think? I say yes on May 31st. Somebody commits on May 31st. Somebody commits on May 31st. I love it. Um, uh, pick went to Georgia Tech today, so I was off on that one. I'll say really no, like- just I'll say no, just because you only have two days left in the week. Nobody's committing on the weekend. Oh, that's true. Is the thirty first on a Sunday? It's on a Sunday. That's tough. That's <laughs> tough for my prediction. June first, I'm gonna be mad. I'm gonna. Be mad. <laughs> um, to go back to like the original point before Gabby's question, I'm really happy that obviously we got him. It's good depth, but also just that we're still getting people from the St. Louis area because it's just another area that we can go out, recruit, and get players. Like, I know they had a line I night at the Cardinals game. I forget exactly who went down there, but it's just good to see these kids coming. And then even next to their East St. Louis, which is in Illinois, uh, competing every year in 7 a.m. It's a impoverished area, but if you get coaches down there and people from your school going, that just, like, keeps the ball rolling. So it's just good to see this area, uh, the Illini getting people from this area, and hopefully that can continue with us. Another thing to hit on with the St. Louis connection is that, like, Corey Patterson's connection to kids from Trinity Catholic is starting to dry up um, just because he hasn't been the coach there for a couple of years. And I think he, they've got one more, Demetrius Cannon. He's a wide receiver, um, a three-star prospect that Illinois is going after really hard, and they want him. But after him, the Trinity pipeline is kind of slowing down a little bit, but it shows that Illinois still has connections within that city. And Corey deserves a lot of credit for that. And making connections outside of just the Trinity Catholic kids that he used to coach. And obviously Illinois has connections within Lutheran North and clearly they're starting to create connections within the Dismet area as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, another recruit for the 2021 class moving sports um, to women's basketball, Adalia McKenzie, who is a class of 2021 top five recruit in Minnesota. Um, she committed to the Illini over Arizona, DePaul, Minnesota, um, her, in her home state and Iowa. A 5'11 guard. She's super quick, super fast. She's, I was watching some of her tape. She's pretty good in transition. Um, she's just like a natural scorer. She, thir- she scores 31 a game in her junior year of high school. Um, Gabby, I know you have a lot to say about this, so I'll let you go off. You guys all know I have a soft spot in my heart for the women's basketball team because they were like one of the first teams I covered at the Daily Illini. And everybody is like, Nancy Faye this, Nancy Faye that. No. Nancy Faye is turning the ship around slowly but surely because, like I've said, every time she walked into a mess, we all know this, and this, I think this is huge. She, today, Prep Girls Hoops on Twitter came out with their uh, 2021 national rankings, and she was a top 40 prospect in that. I mean, just thinking of that for Illinois women's basketball is honestly huge, and I think you know, Nancy Faye brought in the two assistant coaches from Marquette um, in the past, I think, like, two months. It was – 
she got both of those February. February. So she got both those hires, moved some things around in her coaching staff, which she hasn't done since she's been there. These are the first coaching staff changes she's really made. I think you're kind of starting fresh right now because the seniors who just graduated along with Petra, um, who transferred to UNC, um, I think that was now the, these are like all Nancy Faye's recruits and her first two years were a little slow, obviously, because that's with anything. We saw that with lobby. We saw that, you know, a little with Underwood, but I think she, I mean, the 2020, 2020, they have about four or five. I want to say five because they have a transfer two that came in the middle of the season, but couldn't play. And now you're already up to two with the 2021, which is way ahead than Nancy Faye has been in her um, few years at Illinois. I think they're really turning around. You see some of the women's basketball players on Twitter, you know, reaching out to these girls who are committing, you know, just kind of putting it out there that, you know, Illinois women's basketball, like they're not dead, they're coming back, you know? And I think, um, I think from what I've seen this year, I know Brendan, you and I've talked a lot about Kennedy Miles, Janae Terry and Jada Peebles. And those three were freshmen this year. They're, they're going to be stars like in the coming years they were I mean Kennedy Miles was I think the second leading scorer I want to say she's like second leading scorer highest in rebounds she was she was kind of a monster everywhere on the court and she can um she has a shot too which is big obviously to have as like a power forward and then the transfer they brought in who set out um part of this season obviously because she came in the middle she's kind of like a true center and then hopefully you'll get Mackenzie Blaze like back from her injury she's kind of battled injuries both freshman and sophomore year so you kind of have your true centers back and you're not forcing an Allie Andrews a Kennedy Miles to play center and they can kind of play their true position so do I think they're gonna you know go win every game and you know make the tournament no but I think you could see four, five, even six Big Ten wins. They've only had they only had two this year. Um, I think you could see a big jump this year, and then that'll entice more recruits and more of these higher ranked recruits to kind of come in. And you know, I want to be a part of this change. I want to be, and that's I think what Kennedy Miles talked a lot about this year. Anytime you interviewed her, is you know she didn't want to like walk into a program that was you know, already up and she was just kind of in the background. She wanted to kind of help turn something around and she's been very active on Twitter with recruits and everything. So I think some good things are coming for Nancy Faye and Illinois women's basketball. Yeah, definitely. Those three that you mentioned will be juniors when um, Adelia comes in and then obviously her sophomore season, they'll be seniors. So I think that's probably, we're probably looking at 2022, um, the 2022, 2023 maybe not the turning point. Like, I don't ever want to say this team is going to be like some, you know, great basketball team. Like, they're never going to be a UConn, of course. But yeah. um, I think that there there has to be a turning point because as much as like we all love Nancy Faye, like outside of non like in the conference, they're not good. Um, but I think that just comes with obviously, like you said, recruiting and everything because she hasn't had that many recruits. And obviously the, I think the biggest thing, and they've always said this, is like they're just not a big team. So I think that's probably where she's focused now. Obviously, this is a guard who's 5'11". And if, that, if she turns into your starting point guard, that's a pretty good base uh, size to, to start your team at. As you said, the, the transfer they got, I think, is like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, mm -hmm. So somebody that can really compete, um, you know, with Big Ten centers. So I think it's going to be super, super good to see. 
I think what starts with women's basketball is the just the culture change. Has to, it's very Underwood-esque where you have the culture change and then you can start putting together these competitive teams. And Nancy Faye walked into a way bigger mess and a way bigger hole than Brad Underwood did. Um, whereas, you know, Underwood walked into a situation with a Trent Frazier, with a DeMonte Williams, so on and so forth. Whereas Nancy Faye really didn't have these established players. She kind of had to groom these girls and kind of bring in these players so that she can establish a groundwork even for her team. And now you're starting to see them climb the ladder, uh, losing Petra hurt, but now you have other people that can kind of take up that torch and say, all right, we're in, like you said, a lot of them are leading the charge on Twitter and reaching out. So that's really helpful. So you're starting to see that culture change. And then like Brendan said, I think a couple of years down the road, you'll start to see the overall turning point. I think the biggest thing for the women's basketball program, quite frankly, is just adding talented players. And as silly as that sounds and basic as that sounds, um, you know, for a program, like Jake said, that was a bigger mess than any other program on campus, from the standpoint that they just aren't good um, and they haven't been good for a while, but then on top of all the things that they had with the player abuse allegations and everything like that, um, you know, like adding talented players is a big step for them. And someone who is a top five ranked player in any state in the country, that's a pretty impressive get for this program at this point in their stage. I have a lot of respect for Nancy Fay. I didn't know a ton about her, and then I met Gabby. So my knowledge <laughs> went up a lot. But the more I learn about her, the more I really like her. And I'm really happy for her to get a player like this. I think that she's already done a lot with this program, even though the results aren't showing on the court. But it starts off the court, and to get a recruit like this is huge. And hopefully she brings in even more people. And obviously even making a tournament seems still a little bit in the distant future for this team. But with recruits like this and a coach like Nancy Fay, I am encouraged that they can – you know, get to a tournament soon enough and turn the program around. Yeah, definitely. It should be really good to see in these next coming years. Um, unfortunate because I think by the time that it really takes hold, at least me, Gabby, and Alec will be graduated. Jake, you already graduated. So um, I'm already washed. <laughs> but no, definitely. Um, I had some questions for you, Jake. And this is for everybody. But should be interesting. <laughs> um <laughs> Turn to the page. I guess one of the things I miss most about the sports is kind of off the court, their personalities for everybody. Um, so, Jake, you're driving in a road trip. You're, you're behind the wheel, and you have four seats in your car. You have to pick one athlete from Illinois, one athlete from the NFL, one athlete from the MLB, and one athlete from the NBA to fill your car. Oh. All right. Um, ooh, this is tough. I think if we're going the Illinois uh, recruit or not recruit the Illinois player, I think the, (laughs) I think the obvious answer has to be Georgie, right? Like that's the only possible answer, right? It's a good one. Like, and obviously like he's too tall, so he's definitely riding shotgun um, because I'm not putting Georgie in the backseat unless we're driving just a monster of a car. Um, MLB player, probably going someone like, see, my heart wants to say Bryce Harper because I like him a lot, but I just feel like after a while, he'd kind of get just like, it depends on how long the road trip is, I guess. But like, um, 
Oh, you know what? It's Eloy Jimenez because after interning with WGN last summer and being around that guy for a summer, he is just the most lovable, carefree. Like him and Georgie would be like this easily. <laughs> like it wouldn't be close. Um, NBA would it? <laughs> NBA would probably be Kobe White because. So, like, I just, I just want to build a fun atmosphere in this car. Like, I, I just want it to be a good time. Um, and it's easy to stick Kobe White in the middle, probably. He's probably smaller than those guys. And then NFL. Um, hmm. NFL would probably be. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I want to say Juju, but I don't want to make Gabby happy. So I'm going to skip him. <laughs> Um, so uh instead i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with Jameis winston just as comic relief (laughs) i respect you might go joe burrow Mm. joe burrow's too quiet yeah i don't know if i've if i've seen enough of his like i i really like him as like through what i saw last year at lsu but i don't know if i know enough of his personality to be like you can get in my car and drive yeah seems too quiet See, Wait, I feel like he's kind of, like, quietly arrogant, though. Yeah, like, that's how I yeah. think he is. But I don't know if I want him in my car for that. Like, I saw a video of him this morning on social media. I think SportsCenter, like, posted on Instagram of him, like, waving goodbye to, like, Texas fans before the fourth quarter even started or whatever. I love that, though. I do love I'm it. like, like, you have, like, you are just so arrogant. But you have such a reason to be arrogant when you're that good. Yeah, last year he probably could have been, li- literally last year he could have waved goodbye to anybody in the third quarter and it would have been. <laughs> right. People forget LSU won the national championship. <laughs> Gabby, I'm kind of no, interested. I don't think people forget that. Feels like a million years ago. It does feel like a long time ago. Feels <laughs> like so long ago. Gabby, I kind of want to hear your car. Okay. Well, we know <laughs> NFL is Juju because, yeah. ABs and it's your brand. <laughs> oh. Um. No, me and Juju's riding shotgun. Of course, we're hanging out. Um, MLB, this can be another bias. So I'm gonna go Andrew McCutcheon. He's funny though. That is a good one. I think he's funny. Um, NBA, this is a hard one. I kind of want to say Giannis. I feel like he'd be kind of funny. Him or probably, I know he's doesn't play anymore, but Dwayne Wade. I feel like he'd be kind of fun to road trip with, but probably Giannis. I think he'd be funny, but he wouldn't fit in the back. But Juju has to be in the front. You know what I mean? Your car can be as big as it needs to be. Okay. He can lay in the trunk. Giannis can't. Gabby's driving a mega bus. <laughs> I am. Um, and then Illinois. Oh, no. I, like, I don't want to say Georgia because that's too easy. Um, I'm trying to think football. Who's, who's always, like, dancing? Um, Kendall Smith. No, I'm, I have someone. I kind of want to bring Brandon Peters in the car just to force him to talk. Just he has to talk to us. He has to talk because he. I feel like he just bring like headphones and listen to him the whole way. No, no headphones. I'll <laughs> take them. I'll rip them out. I'll He's just listening to NPR the entire okay. time. <laughs> Mike Brandon Epstein's Peters a pretty funny guy. Not my fun choice, but I'd. I want. I just want to force him. Mike Epstein's pretty funny. I'm trying to think. You know what? I might put Kennedy Miles in my car. No, that was gonna be. I might mine. put her in my car. She's funny. I like her. I'm gonna go her. I'm gonna go Kennedy Miles. 
Okay. Are we all going to get a car? Yeah, everybody gets a car. Okay. So for Illinois, I'm going to go because it's, I'm, I'm going to go current with Illinois because I'm not going to be super current with some of the other sports. Uh, Andre Corbello was on the drive with Derek Piper and Lante. Love him. Just love Andre Corbello. Um, super interesting, kind of funny. He says he's like Georgie. So I'm going to go with him since Jake took Georgie. I think that Corbello has lots of good stories too with like growing up in Puerto Rico. Um, living in New York, I think that would be a really fun thing to like learn about. Um, being Sierra Canyon would be really fun to hear and listen to. So I'm gonna go Andre Corbello. Um, for the NFL, I'm gonna go T.O. I think he might just be really that's fun true. to just like yeah, listen true. to and like hear like what actually happened in those locker rooms because I feel like T.O. gets a really bad rap and he might not always deserve the bad rap that he gets. Like, don't get me wrong, he definitely deserves some heat for that. But I think he, like, I would love to hear his story. I was just want to ask him about, like, this, the sit-ups and push-ups on his front porch. Like, that's just a great, like, sports, like, history mm-hmm. thing. Um, for the NBA, I'm going to go Charles Barkley because <laughs> I love watching him on TNT. He's one of my favorite people. He's always doing something funny, whether it's pranking Shaq or getting made fun of by Kenny. Um, I love Charles Barkley, and I just think he's really – I think he's a really funny guy. Um, Major League Baseball for me is really tough because it's, like, my sport, and it's, like, my favorite sport. And I feel like the personalities that, like, baseball players put out tend to not be as, like, interesting or, like, gravitating as other sports. But that being said, I think Alex Rodriguez would be really fun. He's retired, obviously. He has a pretty interesting past, like T.O., but he's kind of, like, turned it around into people – not hating him as much anymore. So I may go A-Rod. Another person I thought of with baseball was um, Jose Canseco because he has lots of great stories, Um, like the ball bouncing off of his head and going over the head, quitting and going to boxing and wrestling. I don't know. He's just a really interesting person to me. Something like that. All right. For me, I was going to say Alan Griffin for Illinois sports, but he's gone. (laughs) <laughs> All right, and I also would say Trent, but I think you know not gonna go with him. So I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna say Demonte. I, I don't know like why. I feel like you could like have a lot thing. of like really. He could be really really fun. I see like him dancing in the locker room with the guys, but you could also have like some really nice conversations with him about some serious stuff. So I'll take Demonte kind of easily for Illinois. If for you NBA, ask anyone on the basketball team, Josh, they will say that Demonte is the funniest player on the team. There you go. See, there's my comedic relief. Um, NBA, my, so my favorite athlete in all sports is Damian Lillard, but I feel like he'd try to, like, rap the whole time. <laughs> and I'm not here for that. So I'm going to go with my second favorite player. You don't in the like league Dame Dalla? I love Dame da- – well, I love Dame Time, not Dame Dalla. Uh, <laughs> no, he's all right. But also I'll go with my second favorite player in the league who's a lot like Demonte, and that's De'Aaron Fox because he's really, really smart. He's been on first take a couple times, mm-hmm. and he's really funny. So I'll go with him. Football, football's the hardest for me. I, I heard, I think I'd go with Lamar Jackson because he kind of fits into the same category with really smart and a lot of fun. Gab, you're giving me a weird look here. I hate Josh's car. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, well, this isn't the Gabby car, this is the Josh car. Uh, Respect the segment, kind of car I'm not sure. Uh, or Julio Jones. 
because I really like Julio and he's hilarious. And then MLB, even though I'm a diehard Cubs fan, I feel like I'd have to go with like Tim Anderson. He, mm-hmm. I don't know why, he seems like a ton of fun. He bat flips, gain hit by pitch, badass. Uh, but yeah, so there's my car. Gabby's not coming for I'm a ride. Running Josh's, this is my, I'm running Josh's car off the road. Bye. <laughs> That's so Yeah, bogus. well, I love my car. So. Okay, Brendan, Brendan, give us your car. Um, so my car, originally I was going to have Kennedy Miles in there because she's so funny. And, um, but Gabby took that, so that's fine. So I think I'm going to have, he's a wrestler. He doesn't start, but I did a story on him. His name's Wee Rashal. He's a younger brother of Deuce Rashal, who was like the heavyweight, um, a couple years ago starter. But I, I did a story on him my freshman year. Um, and he's from the same area that I am in Chicago. I talk to him every time I see him around campus or whatever. So he's really cool. And, um, he's just funny, um, from that interview. My MLB, I was going to pick Tim Anderson because I think he's such an icon. Um, But, no, it's okay, Josh. I'm not hurt, Um, even though I'm a Cubs fan. But I'm going to have to pick Javi Baez. I think that – I just want to know how he makes those plays at second base. Um, I think that's how – that's what we would talk about. Um, And then NFL is probably the hardest one. I really want to do one of the Watt brothers um, just because I think they're all pretty funny. So I'm going to go J.J. Watt. Um, <laughs> yeah, Gabby, I'm not going to pick the one. The only one that's not a stealer. The best one. The best one. Yeah, don't even play. Yeah, that's the best one. Far and away. <laughs> like, TJ TJ's great no and everything, but JJ, JJ's the best. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Go on. I was going to pick Lamar Jackson, but Josh also picked him. NBA, right. Jimmy Butler has been my favorite player for a while because I think he always keeps it real. So that's him. And, yeah, that's my car. I think I have a pretty solid car. I love your car, Brennan. Thank you. That's my car if I can't take mine. I get the best car. I'm running all your cars off the road. You can try. You have have Giannis in the trunk. That's your best pick, and you put him in the trunk. That doesn't even make sense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, you think I'm going to put Juju in the trunk? You should. He's the worst pick. Anyway. Uh, I'm a little surprised no one said Joel Embiid. I feel like he's fun. He's fun, but he's just a little – he does too much. I think he's sometimes just extra. After, after a while, he's going to be like, oh, my knees hurt. Oh, my ankle hurts. <laughs> yeah, he's going to have to sit in the, in the front because – going to have to kick him out of the car. Um, last question here. Who on the football team, Illinois football team, would you least like to be tackled by? I think there's a clear answer, but everybody can – go that. first? Sure. I, I thought – see, I'm going to take this a different way. And I'm going to say none of them and pick Kofi. <laughs> I'm going to switch sports and say I'd rather never get tackled by Kofi. That's fair. He but do you think more. he can – like he's – I think that I would rather get hit by Kofi than some of the football players just because, one, they know how to hit people in a football context. And I don't know how fast Kofi's going to go. To like sprint Kofi's quick, north like, south. Kofi is. I remember one time. I know he's I fast, but like for a game, and he ran the length of the court. And I don't know if I've ever been more like, oh my god, I don't think I've seen a big person run that fast in my life. I just feel I'll, people I'll who are like. One answer here. There's one answer. That's yeah, I think there's one football. answer. There's one answer. It's Mila Eifler. <laughs> yeah, that's Mila Eifler. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like my head on my answer. Where's my other? Of the defensive players, that's the right answer. For sure. However, I saw a video this week on Twitter 
of Luke Ford just absolutely crushing a kid in high school, and he was playing um, defensive end or linebacker. And Luke Ford is no like small person. Like oh, Luke not Ford is like He's six huge. six to six eight, and like two hundred and like forty something pounds. Like Luke Ford might kill me. So if I'm picking a player on the offense to be different, I'm picking Luke Ford. I'm trying to think if there's any other person that I would like seriously really avoid with my life to get hit by. I mean, Jake Hansen. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, Nate Hobbs is pretty fast. If I feel like if he's coming at you full tilt, like yeah, he might. Know. Yeah, I think my after me, after that one, mine would be Wale if he was still on Illinois because he's just big. He's huge. I, I always think about every time you say Wale, I think about that picture of him and the Isaac that I you always talk you. about. Yeah, I know. Like yeah. Isaac's not a small dude at all. He's like a very. <laughs> Big dude, like, while it just makes him look like me out there. I think Sidney Brown <laughs> is like a ball of just muscle, and I think yeah, that's another very one. dense and would just hurt. I think they would all hurt, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we're being honest, though, I would probably do it for like fifty bucks. <laughs> Anybody? You'd get hit by Milo I for fifty bucks for fifty bucks. Yeah, that's not. But a- you can't have pads on though. He gets pads. You can't. All right, fine, a hundred. I don't like. <laughs> I feel like there's not really. A it's lot like twenty five. Like I'll do it. Money's money. Give it. In my uh, in my my, it must have been my sophomore year, cause yeah, cause Cole uh, Cole Henke was the sports editor, and uh, he opened the so our very first meeting with all the freshmen and everything. He goes, all right, our icebreaker question is, how much money would it take for you to take a hit? You have to stand still and you have to take a hit from JJ Watt. And we all went around the room, and I said, like, 150 bucks. And then Cole said, like, 50. Yeah, I think, like, it can't hurt for that long. Unless he, like, injures you, like, what, it's going to hurt for a day? Well, so that was the stipulation. Like, you're not going to get any, like, serious injuries or, like, oh, yeah. be, like getting a hit. But it's, it's still going to hurt. And That's I was a like, quick well, 150? Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, 150 bucks, 100 bucks. Would you yeah. rather be in a boxing ring with Mike Tyson in his prime or Conor McGregor in his prime in an octagon? Conor McGregor. I think that's my, like, I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like Mike Tyson, he has, like, maybe, like, two, three punches on you, and you're, you might, like, suffer brain damage for the rest of your life. Like, I feel like Conor McGregor, as skilled as he is, I'd still be way more comfortable being in an octagon with him than I would be Mike Tyson in the 90s. Well, here's the thing. Are you, are you fighting or are you just like, are you just eating punches? Like you're like, you're in, you're in there for a round. Like you, like you can't just like run around in a circle for a round. Like eventually Mike Tyson's going to catch you with a fist to the forehead or McGregor's going to catch you with a foot to the throat. So like, what are you going to pick? Foot to the throat. <laughs> That's my pick, bro. Mike Tyson is the scariest human being ever in the 90s. Okay, so here's my rationale behind this. Like, McGregor's going to beat my face in, and there's going to be blood all over the place, right? Like, my face may not look the same after him, but I might not wake up from a punch from Mike Tyson ever. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I think either way, go with McGregor, but I don't want. You might not wake up. Have you seen McGregor knock people out? <laughs> either way, there's a possibility you're not waking up. Sports Center did Mike Tyson's top ten knockouts last week, and oh God, I think there was like six or seven of them where he was just like threw a punch and the guy just fell over. That's Mike Tyson, though. 
and I was like, oh my god, like, that's not right. <laughs> yeah. You I could think... not pay me an amount of money to get hit by Mike Tyson. A million. That's, <laughs> that's not that high for you saying you could not pay me an amount of money and then just be like, a million. You could have times that by like a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> consensus. Yeah, you know there's amounts in the billions and trillions, right? <laughs> How much money would it take you to get punched by him now? We've all seen his workout videos on social media. Three million. I'll take one to the jaw. I risk high reward. 50 bucks? I don't know. <laughs> Jake. Okay. Okay. I'll ask you guys a question that we did on, uh, on Jeremy Werner's show. What is the least rewatchable movie? Like, re- least rewatchable great movie? Like, it's un- like, it's a good movie. It's awesome, great movie. But, like, you just don't have that itch to go back and see it. Hmm. I really have to think about this one. So like mine, so like one of mine was Lone Survivor. Like great movie, but like it's just you're not itching to go back and see that one. It's hmm. a really good question. Oh no! You really didn't boggle this, Jake. Do you consider Draft Day a really good movie? No, nobody does. Who are you? What? <laughs> Have you seen what? three movies in your life? <laughs> well, it was just a question. Like some people consider that like a really good movie, but like you watch I it once Draft in a Day. Like, Halfway through, you're like, none of this would happen, ever. How about a movie that everyone says is really good, but you just have no desire to watch? Can I give that? Titanic. Yeah, I've never watched Titanic. Yeah, Titanic. The Notebook, I've never watched it, and I probably refuse to. That made me mad. That made me mad. That made me mad. I'll never watch it. Go ahead. And Jake's going to be so mad at me, but The Dark Knight. Wow. How do you mute or block someone? How do you kick someone from a Zoom call that isn't yours? I have it right here. I know it's so good, and I know everyone says, and I'm sure if I watched it, I would really like it. You've never watched it? No. Then you can't speak oh, on it. Still? <laughs> but I just have no, like, I could go watch it. It's on it Hulu now. right now. It's on okay, Hulu right now. You gotta watch all three of those movies, though. I don't, I don't have the desire. I just, like, mm. Me and Isaac yelled at her for this, like, two months ago already. No, Jake yelled at me, and then Isaac texts me and goes, have you ever seen The Dark Knight? I said, so Jake told you. <laughs> like, yeah. He said, but you haven't. I was like, no. And he got mad. They all got Have mad. you seen the other two? Why would I have seen the other two? Well, because they're really good. You have to watch them. Are you I just know. not a superhero person, though, Gabby? No, I am, but, but it's... I, I watch all the Marvel movies. Like, I've seen So you like superhero movies, and you've never watched this one? This yeah. one's, like, good outside of the superhero genre, though. Like Correct. All right, Gabby. Yeah, disappointed in you. <laughs> okay. I, uh, well, consensus fun. nobody in here would take a punch from Mike Tyson, and Gabby needs to watch all three Dark Knight movies tonight. And Gabby has the best car. Don't forget. No, you don't. You have objective by far the worst. Car. You have the worst car. Yours is the <laughs> worst. Um, You're choking a Prius, too. Um, I actually kind of liked mine. I have to drive a four. No, Alec, your your car is. Good. I think To and Chuck would together would. Your just car be is fun. really good. You guys are telling me Juju, Giannis, Andrew McCutcheon, and Kennedy Miles wouldn't be so fun. Yeah. Kennedy Miles deserves a better car. You're so rude. You're she so deserves rude. a better driver. She. Do- That's what I was gonna say, Jake. You have never driven in a car with me. You we already know it would start raining, Gabby. So <laughs> a tornado will <laughs> pop out of nowhere. I'll make up um, with Josh. That. It's fine. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, he's just going to sit in a room like this the rest of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Pouting. He's pouting. Um, You're so mean to me. I'm done. Goodbye. This is Gabby. (laughs) (laughs)
Gabby always tries to sign off the podcast before I can. That's wow. okay, though. That's just, that's just not respecting the host, Gabby. Truly, truly. Okay, we'll sign be off, off my show. Sign off, sign off. Thank you. Thank you, Gabby. Thank you. Uh, Jake, thank you so much for joining us. Um, of course, it was a pleasure. For, of course. For Gabby, for Josh, for Alec, for me, this has been the Daily Atlanta Sports Podcast. 